Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Oslin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? On SB Nation Radio. Lastly, I just want to leave you with something I've learned in this process as well. You know, I feel like we all have two battles or two enemies going on. One with the man across from you. The second is with the man inside of you. I think once you control the one inside of you, the one across from you really doesn't matter. I think that's what we're all trying to do. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you, Tony Romo. That was Tony Romo last season when he was a member of the Dallas Cowboys. And apparently uh, he's a member of no team anymore. Um, he's scheduled to retire or is retiring and going into a career broadcasting with CBS where he's expected to replace friend of the show, Bill Sims. Now, Goose, I think you may be that man across from him, but you're there in Dallas. <laughs> You've covered this guy since he came to the NFL. Are you surprised? Eh, not really. Um, this is a brutal player. He started five games over the last two seasons and didn't finish two of them. You know, when he gets hit, he gets hurt. If the networks weren't waving money in front of him, I'm sure he'd probably be negotiating with the Houston Texans as we speak. But I think TV afforded him an extra strategy. You know, you don't get healthier as you get older, and you generally don't get better as you get older, not when you're approaching 40. Goose, I think the Texans just signed Phil Sims as their next starting quarterback. (laughs) Well, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I was surprised, but as surprised as I am, uh, I got I to gotta tell you guys, I think this is a smart thing to do. It reminds me of in 1999 when I was covering Steve Young. He had multiple concussions, of course, and um, he was told by the 49ers, you can talk to any team you want in Denver with Mike Shannon and said, we'll bring in here and start you tomorrow. He had a chance to move on to another team. He didn't. Troy Aikman, as you remember, Goose, uh, when he was let go by the Cowboys, he had a chance to go to San Diego where North Turner was. He didn't. I mean, both of those guys had multiple concussions, and they decided enough was enough, and, and they also were about this age. Uh, Aikman was 36, and Goose, uh, Steve Young, he, he was 38. You know, Romo's also 36. He turns 37 this month. You know, he's had a nice career, a career that is certain to put him in the Dallas Cowboys' ring of honor. You know, he, he retires as the all-time leading passer in franchise history, but he never won a Super Bowl. He never took the Cowboys to a Super Bowl. He never even took the Cowboys to a conference title game. Now, Steve Young once told me, like it or not, quarterbacks are judged by their championships, and that's the void that Tony Romo takes with him into retirement. I think that's why he waited this long. If, if there was a, a, an opportunity to go to a, a Peyton Manning situation, he would have taken it, but that didn't exist. Gooseman, Mr. Negative. You'll, he'll be, you'll, be, you'll be having your hands up and trying to block them putting his number up there in the ring of honor. <laughs> He's the man He's across from Tony Romo. He's checking that ball. Let's get that number out of here. Uh, look, certainly when you're 37 uh, – uh, you get repetitive injuries. Uh, they're not going to stop. We all know that. But I'm not 100% sure, frankly, that this not as, this isn't a bargaining move in a way. Buys him some time. He's got an out in his TV contract uh, if you know if the right team comes along. Uh, and we all know people are going to get hurt, and some good people might get hurt on some, some teams with a chance to play. Uh, so when that phone call comes, and it surely will, that's when the rubber hits the road. You know, that, that's when we find out, you know, Otto Graham retired, and then he came back, too. I mean, they all retire, and then they don't. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute, know, so Otto Graham and Tony Romo in the same sentence? Well, uh, <laughs> I, there was a paragraph, Otto Graham period, paragraph, <laughs> oh, oh, and then right. they moved down to 
the likes of Tony <laughs> Romo. Well, um, I want to continue this conversation. I, I, I'm very interested in asking you guys a couple questions here. But before we do, let's tell listeners what we have coming up after this seminar. Um, with the fifth installment of our seven-part college draft series, we're going to feature the University of Michigan. Goose, sorry, the University of Michigan. By sitting down with two of the greatest offensive linemen in that school's history, we've got Hall of Famer Dan Deerdorf, and we've got Hall of Fame candidate Steve Hutchinson. We're also going to hear from NFL historian John Turney, Pro Football Journal, and uh, we're going to have Ron's take on why Alan the Horse Amici may have just gotten a lift to Canton from an unexpected source. I want to hear that, Ron. Uh, but let's get back to what everyone's talking about this week, and that's the big story, and of course, that's Tony Robo Goose. Was this all about the injuries, or did it have as much to do with having Tony Romo leave Dallas uh, to continue his, his playing career, which, of course... Well, I think the injuries obviously were a big part of it. You know, he can't stay healthy, and any contract he signed with Denver, Houston would have been laden with bonuses payable on his ability to stay healthy. So he'd be leaving to play for a lot of non-guaranteed money. He also has a family now with young kids. You know, it made sense for him to walk away now. Okay, well, of course, first question is to be asked. How's the Cowboys' career passing leader, which he was, how's he going to be remembered? I mean, what's his legacy? And... Guys, I'm sorry, I hate to see this, but I've already gotten an email, and I know you have too, with the following question. Goose, sit down. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is Tony Romo a Hall of Famer? Go get him, Goose. Well, Danny White took the Cowboys to three consecutive NFC title games, and he's a lost soul in the franchise history book. So, so where does that leave Romo? So he was a good quarterback that could never be the difference maker that Aikman and Staubach were. You know, almost 69% of everyone enshrined in Canton has a championship rings. Like it or not, that's how greatness is judged in this sport, especially at that position. You're right. I mean, his legacy in my mind, Clark, is that he's one of the most overrated people I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, if you need a poster boy for the Hall of Good, and maybe not even very good, but just good, it's Tony Romo. Uh, look, he put up big numbers, but every slappy, you know, the McCown brothers are putting up big numbers. So, you know, in the end, what does that mean? But he couldn't elevate his team when it counted the most, as Goose points out. He's in the playoffs. And frankly, if you say Tony Romo to me, my lasting memory of Tony Romo is dropping the snap on a chip shot right. field goal attempt that cost right. Dallas a playoff. He couldn't even get the ball down in a, for somebody else to do something with it. He didn't make the play that day, and he didn't make the plays any other days when it really counted. Well, Ron, I want to follow up on what you just said there because uh, I, I've seen I people on— I wish you on, would. <laughs> on Twitter saying he's underrated, not overrated, underrated. Oh. And, and and I agree with you. I, I think he's overrated. And here's my question to you, since you're outside that Abbott Dallas and Costello orbit. are underrated. This guy's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> since you're outside of the uh, Dallas orbit. Um, I mean, to me, if he hadn't been playing in Dallas, if he'd been playing in Tampa or, or Tennessee or Kansas City, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I mean, I think a guy like Donovan McNabb, is more qualified for the Hall of Fame than Tony Romo. I mean, he took his team to five conference championships games. He went to a Super Bowl. Um, I think a guy, honestly, like Joe Flacco is, is more qualified. I mean, Flacco is 10-5 and five in the playoffs. He won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, it seems to me that this is a product of his environment. We're having this conversation because he's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, period. Oh, I agree. Look, if he was playing in Jacksonville or Kansas City, uh, you never uh, would have heard of him. I, I'm not so sure he's any different than Flacco, frankly, except for the fact that Flacco, as you point out, did win the Super Bowl. But but in general, you know, to me, they're a lot the same kind of guy. But Flacco Don't wins McNabb playoff games every year he's in the playoffs. Every year he's in the playoffs, he wins at least right. one game. He's, and, and what's Romo? Two and four, as Goose said. Two and four. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, look, McNabb's, in my mind, is much the best player. How about Eli Manning? Two-time Super Bowl most yeah. valuable player. Right. Not two-time dropping a ball and a snap for a chip shot kick to keep your team going I mean, because his hands were chilly. 
my God, uh, <laughs> you know, you're right. If, if he is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, nobody's emailing anybody about whether or not he's in the Hall of Fame. That's for damn sure. Yeah. You know, quarterbacks you receive $100 million contracts to raise the level of play of those around them. You know, right. he's a quarterback who could get his team to the playoffs but couldn't win there. In 2007, he was the quarterback of the top-seeded team in the NFC but couldn't win a game. When he was needed to make a difference, he didn't. Okay, Goose. He's Jay Cutler with a better personality. Ouch. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, my God. That was about 100 miles an hour. Not that much better. Inside of the plate. Holy smokes. Ron, you're bringing the heat. Hey, Goose. Um, I mean, he certainly had great moments with Dallas. What was his greatest? I mean, you, you covered the guy. You've been around him. What was his greatest moment there? Yeah, I'm not sure this was his greatest moment. It was certainly his most entertaining moment. He, he threw five interceptions against Buffalo on a Monday night, but still rallied the Cowboys from an 11-point fourth-quarter deficit to win 25-24 on a field goal at the gun. That was both that. the best and worst of Tony Romo rolled up into one game. Yeah, no, I, I remember that. Um, and That says it all, don't you think, guys? That says it all about Tony Romo. My greatest moment is... I killed my parents and then became an orphan. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, you know, you, the only reason you went down was all those picks you kept throwing. It's okay, you sort of won the game. All right. You get the yeah. best and the worst of them in the same game. Hey, um, Goose, um, reportedly, reportedly there's there's room in his TV deal for him to return to football. Ron, of course, thinks, you know what? I, I think that's going to happen. Can you see that happening? Well, it's certainly nice work if you can get it. I'm sure Dak Prescott is happy to know that Romo can get out of his TV contract if he happens to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more for you, Goose Man, since you're Dr. Dadder. What do you think the people in Houston are saying these days, other than, uh, no, Phil Simms, we don't want him as our next quarterback? People in Houston are saying, where's Brock Osweiler when you really need him? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what they're saying, my friend Billy O'Brien. He's saying, thank God we didn't have to get sucked down that drain, so I got fired after this guy lasted two games and then went limping <laughs> off. They blame me. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you what we're saying right now. We're going to touch more on the Tony Romo retirement when we speak with NFL historian John Turney later in the show. But next up, should the NFL or pro football follow basketball when it comes to honoring its stars? You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. This is 2015 Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You are on a spiritual journey towards savings. Your mind is drifting into uncharted territory as you use the Name Your Price tool to find policy options that fit your budget. Options that fit perfectly, like football pants or the unitard thingies wrestlers wear. Experience inner peace with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 or It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in a higher gear? See a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. 
Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K K-A-B-B-A-G-E. A good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where MyPillow comes in, and now for a limited time, go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special tab, and use the promo code SKY. That's promo code SKY. Or call 1-800-635-1825 now. That's 1-800-635-1825 to take advantage of this four-pack special. You'll get 40% off two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. MyPillow.com with the promo code SKY. Better sleep starts with MyPillow. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat-screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Talk of Fame Network sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. You know something? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Probably should have gone to Grasshopper, too. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper. Get local or toll-free number or bring your own. See how it works? Just go to grasshopper.com. Dillingham with it. Five to get off a shot. William on the drive. Pull up, pull up. Got it! She got it! She got it! One of the great upsets in history. Mississippi State in overtime at the buzzer. Morgan Williams. Mississippi State has ended the streak at 111 consecutive games. It's over. Well, that was one of the great moments. This year's NCAA basketball tournament. Not so great around here in Connecticut, but it was brought to you by Morgan Itty Bitty Williams. What a great name. What a great nickname. Itty Bitty. I love that name. And the upset of the UConn women uh, was a classic Hall of Fame moment, and it reminded me of something. I wanted to get your opinion on, guys. And no, it's, it's not how officials hijack that UNC-Gonzaga game. If you noticed, um, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, which Ronnie knows in Springfield, Mass., uh, last week announced its list of 2017 inductees. There are 11 of them. 11 on that list, including former UConn women's star Rebecca Lobo, Notre Dame women's coach Muffet McGraw, Kansas City coach Bill Self, two members of the Globetrotters, the winningest high school coach in history, and Nico Gallus, a five-time Greek League MVP. And one of my favorites. Nico, sit down. (laughs) Cheers for everybody, please. And his brother, (laughs) Beak. 
Anyway, uh, my point is that there are a lot of non-NBA players there. In fact, um, of the 11 enshrinees, only three former players, Tracy McGrady, George McGinnis, as well as uh, Bulls exec Jerry Krause, only three have NBA backgrounds. And, and now the Pro Football Hall of Fame doesn't identify inductees as NFL only, but we all know that's the reality. And in light of what basketball does and what it did last week, I'm wondering, should the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Goose, enlarge its field like basketball does? In other words, include college stars and or, since it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame, CFL or USFL stars? Well, the CFL has its own Hall of Fame, but it brands itself as the CFL Hall of Fame. You know, if Canton wants to brand itself as the Pro Football Hall of Fame, then it certainly can't close its eyes to accomplishments from the other leagues. You know, I'm not saying that CFL Hall of Famers like Sam Echeverry or Matt Dunnigan deserve Boston Canton. But Canton can't continue to close its eyes to the statistics its Hall of Famers compile in other leagues. You know, Count Reggie White sacks from his USFL's A's, and he's the NFL's all-time leading sacker. You know, Warren Moon becomes the all-time, uh, one of the all-time great winners in history with those five great cups. Herschel Walker would own the single-season rushing record. You know, if you're going to call yourself the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you need to acknowledge feats achieved throughout football. I don't think they'll, they'll ever have players or coaches outside of the NFL. We have a tough enough time squeezing seven in. If you start yeah. taking away those spots, we should resign from the committee. <laughs> a lot of people have been saying that for years. Yep. <laughs> Some of the problem I think you have is, is you have these leagues, you know, like the Arena League or, or, or the XFL, the USFL. Which, let's be honest about it, the bulk of those players, some might argue all of them, although certainly that wasn't the case with the USFL, but nearly all of them uh, are not good enough to be in the NFL. That's why they're in these other leagues. So what do you do with them? You know, you're going to stop putting all these guys in it. You know, I'm the greatest, uh, uh, you know, fantasy football player in America. You know, I mean, I, I think it becomes, I get it, you know, and, and I do think that they should recognize some of these. I mean, they, they killed the guys in the AFL for decades uh, mm -hmm. over that. But it, it is a slippery slope because if you open the doors a little wider, well, the Arena League guys get paid, and the Arena 2 League guys get paid, and the, you know, and the Trash Truck League guys get paid. I mean, you know, where do you, where do you stop? And I think that. That's the kind of dilemma that they face. And, and, uh, and let's be honest about it, the Board of Trustees of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, not that good in dilemma situations. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like Tony Romo. <laughs> but, but, Ron, it, it, yes, if, they're, if they're calling it the Pro Football Hall of Fame, right. why can't it be for pro football players? I mean, I think, I think Goose is right. Why don't they just call it the NFL Hall of Fame? Because that's what it is. In reality, right. that's what well, it is. Well, they could do that. But uh, think about it, Major League Baseball. I mean, it's the Baseball Hall of Fame, but there's no minor league players in there. The greatest right. minor league players, they get paid to, but they're not in there. It's just basically major league base. The great Japanese players aren't in there unless they come over here and do something. Yeah. Um, so it's the same kind of dilemma, uh, I, I think, in footballs, whether they want to admit it or not, I think, and rightly or wrongly, I think they look at all these leagues as less than uh, the NFL. And so that's why uh, that's been the excuse for not putting guys in, and Goose mentioned a guy, Warren Moon's a good example. You know, one of the great winners of all time until he got into the best league. Yeah. Then he yeah, didn't win diddly. But he's in the Hall of Fame. He is. John McClain. You should take him out to dinner once a year. <laughs> <laughs> but but Goose, Goose brought up a good point about Herschel Walker. I mean, to me, if you, and also Reggie White, too, but Reggie White's in the Hall of Fame, but Herschel Walker isn't. But if you look at what Herschel Walker did in the USFL with the New Jersey Generals, I mean, he should be in. And, and, Ron, what about Doug Flutie? But, I mean, he starred in the USFL, the CFL, and the NFL, but he can't get a sniff of Canton like Herschel Walker can. And, and Goose, I'll, I'll ask you a sort of straight-up question. 
You okay with that? No, like Ron said, they'll tell you the competition in the USFL and the CFL was inferior. They'll tell you the best team in the USFL, the Philadelphia Stars, would have had a hard time competing in the NFL during the same era. You know, that Herschel Walker was rolling up his yards against inferior defense. It would be like counting a ball player's AAA stats in baseball. Only one league matters in the eyes of the Hall, and that's the NFL. You are judged by what you've done on that stage. You know, and that's why it took the AFL players, as Ron mentioned, so long to crack the door and why so few players from the AFL to this day have been enshrined. If it, if it was perceived by Canton as the inferior league, if Ed Buddy, Jack Kemp, Lionel Taylor, and George Webster had the exact same careers in the NFL that they did in the AFL, they'd already be enshrined in Canton. So, Goose, call it the NFL Hall of Fame, not the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm okay with that. Start the position. Yeah. I mean, start the position, Clark. You know, I think Flutie's a good example. Flutie is, in the opinion of many, the greatest Canadian football player uh, of all time. He had tremendous success in the USFL. If you just took his NFL career, you're not talking about a Hall of Fame player. You know, you, you talk about a guy who lost his job to Rob Johnson after getting his team to the playoffs. You know, I mean, uh, you know, so that's the. I think that's the the, the dilemma. Uh, that you face in, in a lot of these things. I do think if a guy played in those leagues and then came to the NFL and had a great career like Reggie White, you know, mm-hmm. why aren't you counting all those? What do you think he wouldn't have got him if he was, I don't know if he would have got quite as many, but he would have got a lot of uh, uh, sacks if he was played his whole career in the NFL too. So, and you, but your point is also well raised. Uh, you could certainly justify changing the name to the NFL Hall of Fame because that's what it is. Yeah. Well, l- let's just say we call it the Pro Football Hall of Fame, as it is, and we actually mean it. Let's just say we say, okay, CFL, USFL, Arena League, whatever. Goose, who would be your, let's say, first CFL entry, and who would be your first USFL entry, and why? Okay, my first CFL entry would be Damon Allen, Marcus's little brother. He passed for more career yards than any NFL quarterback, won four great cups. He also rushed for 12,000 yards. That's Cantworthy. My first USFL entry would be Herschel Walker, single greatest mm-hmm. season by a running back in any league. That's Cantworthy. Okay, Ron, same question for you. Your first CFL entry, your first Well, USFL in the CFL entry. would be George Reed, the running back for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the nine-time All-CFL player when he retired in 1975. He had uh, career records in rushing yards, 16,116 rushing touchdowns and total touchdowns. He still holds the rushing touchdown record there. He's the MVP of the Grey Cup. He later was president of the Canadian Football League Players Association, one of the great players of, of all time. And in the USFL, you know, I think it's got to be Flutie. I mean, yeah. you know, Flutie helped make that league. There's no question about it. Okay, well, our next guest knows plenty, plenty about Halls of Fame because he's in the pro and college footballs. Talking about former Michigan and St. Louis Cardinals star Dan Deardorff. And he's coming up right after this. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to align my chakras around this hot yoga thing. Yep, they finally found a way to make working out even more uncomfortable. Well, at least with Motel 6, you've got one less thing to sweat. They've got clean, comfortable, and now completely updated rooms at a great low price. So the only thing you're stretching is your dollar. Sounds like my kind of place to namaste. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light and the AC on for you. Book online at motel6.com. 
As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Make and receive business calls using our iPhone and Android apps. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Forward your calls to any phone and even get your voicemails transcribed. Join over 250,000 small businesses who stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Progressive presents Mindflowness with Flow. You are in the middle of the ocean on a raft, finding coverage options that fit your budget. As you listen to the ebb and flow of the tide, your budget, the ebb, our coverage, the flow. Why tetherball isn't considered a real sport? Unknown. Be at one with your budget with the Name Your Price tool. Visit Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Grasshopper. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper. The entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local toll-free number or just bring your own. See how it works? Go to grasshopper.com. We're also brought to you by Geico, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. And you know what? Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, we promised you Dan Deerdorf, and yes, he is here with us. Dan was a Pro Bowl offensive tackle for the St. Louis Cardinals, who was so good he was named to the 1970s NFL All-Decade Team and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But before he started playing his football on Sundays, Dan was a dominant blocker on Saturday afternoons at the University of Michigan, where he was a three-year starter, two-time All-Big Ten selection for Bo Beckler, and a consensus All-America as a senior. The focus of our draft series this week on the University of Michigan. We've invited Dan to visit with us today about those days in Ann Arbor. And Dan, thank you for saying yes. Oh, glad to be with you guys. And by the way, I was only a three-year starter because I'm so old, freshmen weren't eligible when I played college <laughs> That's football. Right. That's, That's right. Yeah, but, uh, and plus all my photos are in black and white. It's uh, <laughs> Hey, Dan, we, we featured Ohio State a few weeks back on our draft series and interviewed both Paul Warfield and Ryan Shazier. They couldn't even bring themselves to say the word Michigan. So how did a kid from Ohio wind up playing his football at Michigan? Well, the reason they don't say Michigan is they can't even spell it. So that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's the biggest difference between Ohio State and Michigan. I ended up in Ann Arbor uh, because... Uh, Actually, I was recruited by Don James, uh, who ended up being the coach at Washington and, and, you know, a tremendous football coach. He was the defensive backfield coach, and he's from Maslin, Ohio, which is right next to my hometown of Canton. And he really worked it. And secondly, and I have a get-out-of-jail-free card, Woody Hayes did not offer me a scholarship to Ohio State. Wow. So there you go. Wow. So don't blame me. Uh, It wasn't even a question of me saying no to Ohio State. They said no to me. (laughs) 
Well, that's a logical follow-up that, that I, I must ask you. Had he offered you a scholarship, do you go to Ohio State as a loyal son of Ohio, or do you go to Ann Arbor? Well, it certainly would have made it interesting. My high school football coach uh, played at Ohio State for Woody. Woody spoke at my uh, senior uh, football banquet. So it's not like he didn't know who I was or something <laughs> like that. I He just, uh, uh, I guess uh, he thought he had plenty of offensive and defensive line talent. It would have made it hard, but uh, uh, where I lived in, in, in northern Ohio, in Canton, it's a two-hour drive to Columbus, and it's only a three-hour drive to Ann Arbor. So uh, it, it's not really – when I was at Michigan, a full 50% of our roster was from the state of Ohio. It was certainly nothing unusual to go to Michigan uh, if you lived in Ohio. We're speaking with Hall of Fame offensive lineman Dan Deardorff on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And, Dan, since you mentioned uh, Michigan, all those Ohio guys that went to the University of Michigan, that school's produced 11 offensive linemen who became first-round NFL draft selections and 11 more who became second-rounders. How and why has Michigan become such a mother load of blockers? It is a legacy of Michigan's. Uh, I, I know that... Uh, it's something they'd very much like to get back to. Part of it was Bo Schembechler's uh, uh, love of winning the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think we all are aware of the fact that Bo was not ever mentioned as one of the great innovators of the passing game. And he loved to run the football. He loved to play a very physical game at the line of scrimmage. And he had a line coach, uh, a guy named Jerry Hanlon, who was his line coach for, for 20 years. And he was a wonderful, fundamental teacher of drive blocking, of how you win the line of scrimmage by using leverage, low man wins, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was just a question, I think, of great teaching, and the emphasis was always there on outstanding line play at the University of Michigan. Dan, there were eight college stadiums that now seat 100,000, but when you played, there was only one, the big house. How much of a home field advantage has the Bagos provided Michigan teams over the years? Well, I think it's intimidating to to some people when they come in there, and uh, especially uh, uh, schools that you know when we play the non-conference schedule, and they they come out that tunnel, and and I, it might be it's all it, I'll tell you it's it's almost so big that you don't realize it's that big because there's so many people there they all kind of dissolve into one another. And I will say this about Michigan Stadium, and given the fact that it's constructed, it's a bowl, the noise from all those people, I think, has more of a tendency to go up and out than it does projected down on the field. It's not the noisiest stadium in college football. So I think in some regards, the noise isn't what I think intimidates a lot of people. I just think it's a sheer spectacle of 110,000 people who've just all come to watch your demise. <laughs> There's a little bit of a Roman spectacle to it. <laughs> Sounds like a lot. Uh, when you were recruited uh, to Michigan, my bump Elliott was involved there at the time, but you played your last two years, I think it was, with, with Bo Schemplecker. Right. How did Bo impact you as a person and as a football player? Well, I, uh, you're right. I was recruited by bump Elliott, uh, who was a Michigan legend as a player, and just the a wonderful, wonderful man who's still alive, by the way, lives in Iowa City. He was the athletic director at Iowa for a long time and had a great visit with Bump 
this past fall when we went to Iowa. But when Bo came in, he arrived like the Tasmanian devil. The little whirlwinds were circulating around him. He took all of us by complete surprise. Uh, I had never been exposed to anyone who was that demanding, that intense, who had a personality that sucked the air out of the room when he was in it. Playing for Bo was a really unique experience. I look back on it, and somebody, if you're going to be a success in this world, somebody somewhere along the line is going to push you harder and make you do things that you didn't think were possible. And Bo Schembechler was that person in my life. Dan, I, I want to take you back to your first year as a starter. That was 1968. You, you were part of a front that enabled Ron Johnson to rush for an NCAA record 347 yards and five touchdowns against Wisconsin. How, how does a back run for three football fields of yards in a single afternoon? Can you give us your memories of that day? Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a muddy uh, uh, day, uh, which was perfect. Uh, uh, you know, when, in a field like that, uh, I think the advantage really lies with the offense. They know where they're going. The defense has to react to it. But I think it was just a combination that we were just blowing them off the ball. And, you know, when somebody runs for 347 against you, you're, you're just not very good. So <laughs> I, think, I, I don't know how else. I, I don't think I was going against Lyle Alzado or Jack Youngblood that day. Okay, yeah, I'll probably sec- get hate mail now from somebody in Madison. Dan, in your second season started in 69, your Wolverines upset Ohio State. In the regular season finale, that ended a 22-game Ohio State winning streak and denied the Buckeyes back-to-back national titles. How satisfying was that for a kid from Canton who didn't get a scholarship offer from Ohio State? It's the greatest football game that I've ever been involved in, and it really started uh, the modern era of, of Michigan football. Michigan had been, oh, pretty much a 500 team in the, in the Big Ten for maybe seven or eight years prior to that. And it was Bo's first year. Everything we did uh, was patterned after Ohio State. Bo admitted to me later, he said, if we were preparing for Illinois or, or Minnesota or Indiana, part of that practice every day, there was a five-minute period in that practice where we were doing something that was in preparation for Ohio State. And that's how much it mattered uh, you had to beat Ohio State if you were to be anybody in the Big Ten at that time. You know, the week before, they'd been on the cover of Sports Illustrated where they were speculating, is this the greatest college football team that has ever been assembled? And their average margin of victory that year was 38 points. And, yes, it was a colossal upset, but it really cemented Bo Schembechler and started the new era of Michigan football. Hey, Dan, this has been fun. Thanks for the time, and, and thanks so much for the memories. Oh, glad to talk to you guys. Always fun, and you've got a great responsibility with the Hall of Fame, and uh, you do a good job with it. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks Dan. Dan. That was former Michigan great and Hall of Fame offensive lineman Dan Deardorf. Up next, why a former running back may have just gotten a boost for Canton. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, Tom Bodette. According to the dad bod craze, the lumpy, less-than-chiseled look is now totally in. So you could say I'm in the best shape of my life, and so is Motel 6. They've updated their properties nationwide with contemporary everything, still for the same low price you've come to expect. So your wallet can feel a little pleasantly plump, too. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hi, this is Lori Grenier 
You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You feel yourself getting lighter with each progressive discount. Paperless, safe driver, multi-car. Yes, lighter, like a new line of sneakers. Or a slugger on a crash diet the week before spring training. Stay away from the cheesecake. Ascend to a higher plane of insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by our winner. That's Grasshopper. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local toll-free number or bring your own. See how it works? Go to grasshopper.com. Also brought to you by Geico, another winner where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Hey, there was a pretty story last week out of California um, uh, regarding a disenchanted Oakland fan. Hey, Ron, aren't they all now disenchanted? Yeah, you got that right. Um, but this guy was so upset with the Raiders' move um, to Las Vegas, or announced move, that he was having a fire sale of Raiders memorabilia. And anything he couldn't sell, he said, he was going to burn, which I guess is why they call that a fire sale, but he meant it. Uh, and he said, that's going to include a replica of Ken Stabler's number 12 jersey. And he was going to do that until someone intervened. And, Ron, that someone was Ken Stabler's daughter, Kendra Stabler Moyes, who pleaded with him not to do it. And you know what? He didn't. Yeah, no, she's terrific. Kendra's great. And, and uh, look, the sins of the sun should not be visited on the snake. Uh, the sins of the sun should be uh, burn Al Davis's white jumpsuit if you want, or boil his bottle of brill cream if you'd like. How about those barbells? Yeah, <laughs> melt down the barbells. Uh, but Kendra argued that the right cause uh, for the right cause because it's not Kenny Stable's fault that the Raiders are leaving Oakland. In fact, Kenny Stable is one of the main reasons that Oakland became Oakland in the first place. Uh, yeah. So I, I thought it was kind of touching in a way, and, and also a sea of a, a tiny pond of sanity and a sea of insanity. Speaking of a sea of insanity, you didn't burn your stable jersey, did you? Oh, what are you, crazy? No way, Jose. <laughs> Got it hanging right there next to my Raiders helmet, which, in moments of need, like just before I do the show, I put on and ram my head into the wall three times, <laughs> and I feel much better. Ah, listen to that. Now, there is classical music. <laughs> that is classical music. That. Hey, Goose, you booted your Tony Romo jersey? <laughs> or do we have to stop you? Clark, the only number nine jersey I have has the ha- name How written across the back. You don't burn those. H-O-W? Question mark? (laughs) 
One of the great ones. Hockey uh, well, novice that you are, Ron, <laughs> I would expect that. Yeah, Hall of Famer. Gordy's one of the greatest. And speaking of the Hall of Fame guys, uh, Ron this week, as we know, wrote about someone who should be there, but he's not. And he wrote about him on our website, talkoffamenetwork.com. And, Ron, I'll be honest with you, this is a really good story. Well, explaining why Alan the Horse Amici's Hall of Fame candidacy might have just been helped by Terrell Davis. It's a must-read, but if you haven't seen it, Go to it at talkoffamenetwork.com, or you can just listen to Ron explain about it. Ron, you want to try it? Sure. Well, Alan Amici may be the greatest beneficiary of the upcoming induction of Terrell Davis into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If Davis did enough in barely three healthy seasons in the NFL to reach Canton, didn't the horse gallop forward even more effectively for nearly six? When Amici first appeared in the Colts' backfield in 1955 after winning the Heisman Trophy the previous season at Wisconsin, he wasted no time announcing his arrival. They turned around, they gave him the ball, and he went 79 yards for a touchdown through the entire, entire Chicago Bears defense. And it was no fluke. By the end of his first day in the NFL, Amici had 194 rushing yards on 21 carries. By the end of that season, he was Rookie of the Year and led the NFL in rushing with 961 yards and in touchdowns with nine. He was also named to the Pro Bowl for the first of four straight years and an, and an All-Pro for the first of five consecutive seasons before a torn Achilles tendon ended both his career and the Colts' reign at the top of the NFL in 1960. At that point, Alan Amici had finished in the top 10 in the league in rushing touchdowns and points five times, and the top 10 in rushing yards four times. In addition to leading the league his rookie year, he finished second in 1958 with 791 yards, and fourth in 1956 with 858 yards, and remember, those were amassed in only 12-game seasons. None of those yards were more important, though, than the one he gained on December 28, 1958. That was a yard that not only made football history, it made pro football. Colts and Giants were tied 17-17 at the NFL championship game for the first time in history. The championship would be decided in overtime. With 6.45 to play uh, in the first overtime period, Mitch, uh, Beachy slammed over right tackle from a yard out for a win that earned him not only the winning player share of $4,718.77, but an extra 500 bucks to appear on the Ed Sullivan Show that night because Unitas turned it down. Later, Amici would say, that was probably the shortest run I ever made and the most remembered. It was the first of two consecutive NFL championship games Amici and the Colts would win. In 1960, they seemed headed for a third straight with a 6-3 record and in first place in the Western Conference when, on his third carry against Goose's Detroit Lions, he tore his Achilles. He never played again. When he retired, he had rushed for 4,045 yards, scored 44 touchdowns, started all 70 games he was in, and was named to the NFL's all-decade team of the 50s. He's one of only four players on that team not enshrined in Canton. On that damp evening of December 28, 1958, in Yankee Stadium, there were 15 Hall of Famers involved. Thanks to Terrell Davis, maybe soon it'll be 16. Well, there's a signal we're nearing the end of our first half, which also means we're going to our two-minute drill. So, Derek, get that clock started. Give me one reason why anyone in Oakland should attend another Raider game. The Super Bowl champion Patriots visit Oakland this season. Derek Carr. An Oakland City Councilman wants the Raiders out of town now. What are his chances? Let's ask Las Vegas to set some odds. See, there's a better chance he'll be out of town now, and he probably should be. He did nothing. Tony Gonzalez left the CBS pregame show to be with his family. So who replaces him? Uh, Tony Romo. Right, a roaming Tony. Le'Veon Bell says his threat to sit out the season was an April Fool's joke. You guys buying it? Those Spartans are such kidders. Unless he's a fiscal fool, I do. Green Bay wants to host a draft. Talk about getting. What are its chances? One in 32. Better than hosting a Super Bowl. 
The Chiefs also want Kansas City to host a draft. So what are its chances? One in 32. Better than playing in a Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, we'd like to host a draft. What are our chances? There's a better chance the Raiders play in Las Vegas this fall than us ever hosting a draft. Not as good as Tiger Woods winning this year's Masters, and he's not even in the field. Uh, Jimmy Johnson says if the Browns are a contender in three years, someone should be fired. So let's say they're not a contender. Not exactly going out on a limb there, but who goes? Everyone except those sitting in the dog pound. <laughs> Actually, everyone but the owner. He's always right, even when he's always wrong. A year ago, the Buffalo Bills pushed the slogan all in. Now it's playoff caliber. You guys all in on the Bills as playoff caliber? Are Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, and Bruce Smith back? New motto. Buffalo will roam, but not into the playoffs. Jerry Jones wants the NFL to drop its marijuana ban. Why? Because if it's good enough for the NBA, it's good enough for the NFL. Because Jerry Jones, like Jimi Hendrix, is in a purple haze all in the sky. Speaking of Jerry, he described Ezekiel Elliott's recent behavior as, quote, not good, unquote. What does that mean? It means the NFL rushing champion is sprinting toward an NFL suspension. <laughs> it actually means there were witnesses, you idiot. The Vikings host Super Bowl 52 and say they'll push Jim Marshall for the Hall of Fame. So what are his chances? One in a hundred. That's how many worthy senior candidates there are. I'd say they're about as good as Brandon Marshall's. Well, that is the end of our first half, but stay where you are. Coming up, we'll have former Michigan star Steve Hutchison up for the Hall in 2018 and NFL historian John Turney of Pro Football Journal. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Make and receive business calls using our iPhone and Android apps. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Forward your calls to any phone and even get your voicemails transcribed. Join over 250,000 small businesses who stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You are rising further and further into the universe of bundling. Within that universe, you see your home and auto insurance floating together like two opponents on a swing set after a big game, sharing a churro. Ascend into savings when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. 
This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. What the hell are we waiting on? Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Do you want it or not? Rick Gosselin. Do you understand there's a price to pay? And Clark Judge. Can we have fun? You're damn right. I demand that we have fun. Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. You know something? Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Welcome back to hour number two of the Talk of Fame Network. Coming up in the next 60 minutes, we're going to revisit the University of Michigan as our college draft series continues. First with some history of the program, and then by sitting down with 2018 Hall of Fame candidate Steve Hutchinson, one of the best offensive linemen really in collegiate or and or pro football history. Um, but first, we're going to check in with one of our favorite NFL historians, and that would be John Turney of Pro Football Journal. John's one of those people who knows a lot about a lot. So, John, I want to hear what you have to say about the Tony Romo decision to retire. You surprised? Yeah, I am. I thought he was going to you know, try to try to hang on for another couple of years. I really did. I am surprised. John, is there a quarterback comparison for Romo in football's history? A, a quarterback long on stats? but short on rings that may come to mind? Uh, the comparison, you know, he, he, he was unique in his, in his skill set in that he really did have tremendous escapability. And that reminded me a little bit of Fran Tarkenton. But um, somebody like Romo, I think, is unique, and so he's got a certain amount of fame, but I don't really see a comparison with, with other folks, although there were a lot of people with great stats but didn't look like him. Like uh, like a Drew Bledsoe, somebody like that. Well, John, who in your mind? Because uh, I happen to, I'm going to reveal myself here. I mean, I think that almost one of the more overrated guys in this position uh, of all time, really. Who in your mind are the most overrated quarterbacks of all time? When I think of that category, who comes to mind for you? Boy, that's going to be again the guys that put up great stats but just didn't always get it done. Now, you you can have somebody overrated is one of those terms where it's you could kind of split hairs a little bit. A lot of people, you know, I have Dan Marino probably in my top ten, but he's not in my top five. A lot of people think he should be first so or second, you know, up there with Peyton Manning. Right. But I just I think he's a little bit overrated. I always thought a lot of times he, he did some great, great things, but given the, the, the amount of time he played, the accomplishments fell just a little bit short of some of his contemporaries, like Joe Montana. I have him maybe 10th or 12th all time instead of in the top two or three, even though when he retired, he was on top of everything in stats. We're speaking with pro football historian John Turney of Pro Football Journal on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at at talkoffamenet. And, John, I was saying to these guys earlier um, that, you know, if Tony Romo didn't play in Dallas, I don't think we'd be having this conversation about, you know, what's his legacy, how great he is. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned to them, and, and they know, we had a Hall of Fame voter send us an email saying, is this guy Hall of Fame worthy? If he were playing in Jacksonville or, or Tampa or Kansas City, we wouldn't be having that conversation. And I did say, I do think a guy like, for instance, Donovan McNabb is more qualified. I mean, he went to five conference championship games. He went to, including four straight, and he went to a Super Bowl. Even Joe Flacco, for all the flack he takes in Baltimore, I mean, he's 10-5 and five in the playoffs. He won a Super Bowl, and he wins a playoff game every year he's in it. So... I, I'm sort of with Ron in this. Do, do you think that location, and, and as Goose says, all about the star, that has something to do with this as well, that we've been having this conversation? Well, I think the location in terms of that it's Dallas. Yes. I think if, if Romo were in New York, I think he would get ripped a lot more than, than, he, than he does in Dallas. 
homers. But to give Romo some credit, he is kind of he is super fun to watch. There is a lot there that's entertaining. There's a lot there that he does very very well. I mean, he's an accurate passer. Has has recently avoided some interceptions. But as you were talking about overrated, there's another one that you know. I mean, I'm gonna get killed for saying this, but another guy that I thought was even though he was Hall of Famer, he got in right away, was Dan Fouts. I, I thought, Absolutely. yeah, he did, some, he did some awesome things, but then again, you could always count on him to you know, not get there. So I guess quarterbacks get a lot of extra credit when it comes to the Hall of Fame voting, and I think that's kind of what you were driving about. You know, I, I went to school at the same time as Steve Young at the same school. I don't think Steve Young was the first ballot Hall of Famer, if you ask me. I thought that there was just too many years sitting on the bench waiting for his chance. Now, when he got there, he did great things. But to me, there is a difference between being a Hall of Famer and then one of those surefire first ballot Hall of Fame type players. John, as you, as you stack the all-time quarterbacks, how important are championships and the rings? Well, to me, it's at least half the equation. When you put when I make my list, and of course it's fluid, it changes year by year. I mean, I, I've moved uh, Tom Brady up, and the only reason I moved him up is because of the championships. So I think it's for that position, that's the thing historically that has mattered the most. That's why Bobby Lane still gets on a lot of people's top tens because when it mattered, he won, even though his stats were not tremendous. Wait a minute, you Brady up. How can you move up from number one? Where's he on your list? I didn't list? have him number one until this year. Oh. And Goose knows that. I sent him my top ten last year. I mean, I had him. No second or third, but you know, I've just I finally had to relent and said, "All right, he's first. I had I had Montana and United ahead of him. Clark's had him number one ever since he saw him wearing a turtleneck. So okay, John, I'm gonna put you on the spot. You're Jason Garrett. You're on the sidelines. Jerry Jones is standing behind you. You have to win this playoff game, or you walk the plank. Who do you start, Tony Romo or Don Meredith? Oh, uh, that one's a tough. I thought you were going to go with Roger Staubach. And I'm nah, Staubach. No, I'm not going to make it easy for you, my friend. No, no, no. It's going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, in that case, to be honest with you, I think I think I might even go Romo because if we're going if we're going on, you know, what a person's average game was for the career, I mean, it's not like Meredith won it all either. So they're both on those same kind of they're, – they're both in that same kind of thing. They're both good quarterbacks for very good teams. But I think I would probably go Romo because of the escapability. But at least Meredith got him to the championship yeah. game. I know you would lose that game. Yeah, I <laughs> think you would lose you that would be game. You'd be walking and, the blank, my friend. Um, and I earlier, heard it was called that game to one of those games too. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a rumor. Um, you know, earlier this week, Goose had a really good um, a piece on our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, where he was talking about Romo and the rings. But at the end, he essentially said, "This guy's the fifth best quarterback in Dallas history, behind." Uh, Staubach, Aikman, Danny White, and Don Meredith. Would you agree with that assessment? Uh, I think uh, Romo's better than Danny White, but the other the others I would agree with, and and, and about even with Miss Meredith. But uh, I think Romo was better than White. But other than that, yeah, I agree. White did take him to three consecutive conference championship games. Oh that's, yeah, that's why and, I, I, again, I, it, it's a conference. But there was just something missing with him. He was too robotic. He did not. Uh, it's almost it's called, like he was destined not to win. Yeah, it's called the catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everybody that's forgets right. that. I'll tell you he this goes, much, John. If, if, if they snapped the ball to Danny White and all he had to do was put it on the ground and let somebody kick it for a chip shot to get, win a playoff game, he would catch the ball and put it on the ground. Well, that's 
that's true too. Although I, I don't. Yeah, he was the holder there for a little while. Yes, he was. Well, actually, he was the guy. He wasn't the holder. If he'd been the holder, they would have won the game. He was the dropper. Was the punter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's funny, John. I, I, I kind of go back to what Goose said. I. You know, someone said, I think it's going to take sort of five years to let this thing settle out. I, I don't need five minutes to look at this because Goose is right. I mean, there are no rings. Two and four in the playoffs. You never even got to a conference championship game. I mean, I, I'm with both these guys. I mean, you, you don't start Don Merrith. You still start Tony Romo in a, in a game you need to win. You're going to lose it. Right. And then there's also the things that I call those extras, you know, which uh, I don't know what you guys would call them. But there's not the, the things that mitigate that, like an MVP or two or Offensive Player of the Year, or those kinds of things where he was clearly the best player in the league for a year or two you know, on the basis of those awards, but then didn't get it done. You know, so there's not anything that balances out the, the, the lack of uh, playoff success. Right. And that's kind of what helped out guys like, like Fouts. You know, he, he, he was the MVP, and there was those, or Player of the Year, and those types of things. Yeah, and he also came along at, at a time where the numbers, in my mind, became meaningless. Everybody's got numbers. The McCown brothers have numbers. You know, I mean, people <laughs> yeah. throw. I everybody thinks I hate the McCown brothers. I love them like sons, but but you know, it's, well, it's like their numbers, numbers are farming. Yeah, they just they mean so little because of the inflation rate of the of the statistics. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's incredible. In the league, the pass, the, the average passer in the league now, including everything, is 90, 89, 90 the last few years. Yeah. Right. That yeah. used to lead the league. Yeah. Sure. That's right. Hey, John, we got to run. Uh, thanks for the time, and we're going to hear from you next month, guaranteed. All right. I'll be here. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Appreciate that was it. NFL historian John Turney of Pro Football Journal. Up next, Goose's worst nightmare. <laughs> no, not a Tony Romo return. We're talking University of Michigan. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Alan Fanica, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to Geico. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. You see how it works? Just go to grasshopper.com. Hi, this is Morton Anderson, and you're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark, uh, the Talk of Fame Network. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. Not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast, but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 horse. Not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grass. If you want to mow well in a higher gear, see a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. A good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where MyPillow comes in, and now for a limited time, go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special tab, and use the promo code SKY. That's promo code SKY. Or call 1-800-635-1825 now. That's 1-800-635-1825 to take advantage of this four-pack special. You'll get 40% off two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. MyPillow.com with the promo code SKY. Better sleep starts with MyPillow. 
Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-grade place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Meanderings. Oh, man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. You play to win the game. Talk of Fame Network, sponsored by GEICO. We're just 15 minutes, can save you 15% or more on car insurance. More details, go to geico.com. You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local toll-free number or bring your own. See how it works? Go to grasshopper.com. As you know, a, a week ago, the Raiders announced that they were leaving Oakland for Las Vegas, and that in turn sent our Rick Gosselin to the polls to come up with this question. He didn't burn his jersey, but he came up with this question, which is, what's the next city to gain an NFL team by relocation? And Goose, it's a good question. I mean, we've had, what, three teams in the past 15 months that have moved. So, Goose... Where's the NFL going next? I mean, which city won the poll? San Antonio won the poll by a nose over London. Wow. San Antonio is one of the 10 largest cities in America, so the fan base would be there to support a team. The question is, are there enough corporate dollars there to support a team? (laughs) But there are three teams in Florida, three teams in New York, three teams in California. I'm puzzled why a state as large as Texas doesn't have three teams as well. That corporate influence is the only thing that matters, isn't it, Goose? Bingo. Yeah. You guys good with those results, Goose? Would you vote for San Antonio? Yeah, I'd love a third team in Texas for selfish reasons. San Antonio's a great city, a great place to visit. I can drive there. Ron? Yeah, I mean, I think it's either San Antonio or overseas. And, and unfortunately, there's some folks in the United States who think San Antonio is overseas. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel that way. <laughs> I happen to like the city. <laughs> love the Riverwalk. Uh, it's got a ready-made stadium. Uh, Jerry Jones will fight to keep him out, of course, because he thinks he owns Texas. Uh, it's why I predict that in the end, they may take an international shot or even two like London and Berlin, because it works better. Send a team over there. They stay there for two weeks. They play two teams, and they come back, and that's their bye week when they get back. They uh, need to. We'll, I agree. They need to. Yeah, London and Berlin would be good. Two great cities. Hey, Ron, Goose said San Antonio is a great place to visit. How about San Diego? It is a great place to visit, unless you like football, because there's no <laughs> team there, and there isn't going to be any times. So. Well, I mean, you send a team there. Hey, listen, I, I didn't see Ann Arbor on there, Goose, and, and I guess that's no surprise, because Ann Arbor already has a team, and, and Goose uh, my apologies, but you know what's a pretty good one? And Derek, strike up the band if you could. 
Yes, sir. Tail to the victors, and it belongs to the University of Michigan Wolverines. And while they have the most all-time wins and highest winning percentage in college football history, I thought I'd mention this. They also have lost to Goose's Michigan State Spartans seven of the last times they met. So, Goose, be good to me. I thought I'd throw that to you. Yeah, when I think of Michigan football, I think of two things that distinguish that program from all others. The helmet and the big house. The helmet with those three yellow stripes and the wing in front in the big house. The original big house. The stadium that will sit 100,000 comfortably. Uh, not so. 80,000 comfortably. Just it's, the seats are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Got to take a shot at him. Take a shot. Absolutely. <laughs> well. Ron, he mentioned the, the helmet, he mentioned the big house, but um, to me, there, there are plenty of other things to think about when it comes to Michigan, like uh, Bo Schembechler, Charles Woodson, Desmond Howard, Tommy Harmon. My dad told me Tommy Harmon was the best player I ever saw. But hey, even you know President Gerald Ford makes that list. Uh, he played center there. But um, I tell you what, Derek, I have a tough time getting past that fight song. I mean, Cue it up again, because Ron, don't you think this is one of the best fight songs? I mean, we have the Michigan State Marching Band here every week, but how about this? Could they play this song? That's quite a song. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, that's a, uh, but, you know, for, for me, uh, Clark, you know, we're all influenced by things that happened when we were little kids. And I can remember Lindsey Nelson, who used to do the Game of the Week, uh, and I'm watching as a young kid talking about high uh, above the concrete ocean known as Dyke Stadium, Tommy Slade. And, the, and I'm saying, oh, Tommy Slade? I just hear this name. Tommy Slade just sounds like the greatest quarterback name and yeah. gunfighter name ever, you know? Or rock now, and roller. He's, he's all forgotten now, of course. But... You know, he had the oddest of careers. He was 11-0 and as a sophomore starter, losing the national championship at the 1972 Rose Bowl by a point, 13-12 to Stanford, and he never started another game. He was more a blocker than a passer. He backed up Dennis Franklin the next two years, later went on to become a dentist, and one of his patients was his old coach, Bo Schembechler, who had to have some guts to get in that chair the first time since he, you know, <laughs> he knew the ball was sitting him down. But later on, uh, he died at a young age of leukemia. Bo Schembechler, was, uh, his famous story, was at his bedside almost a day and night, and at one point he woke up, fell asleep, woke up five hours later. Schembechler was still there. When he finally passed away, Schembechler was already ill himself, went to his funeral, then went that Thursday night to give the speech every year to Ohio, uh, to the Michigan team about beating Ohio State. And uh, the legend is that that night he didn't talk about winning or Ohio State. He talked uh, only about Tommy Slade. And he told them, all the players there, that... Uh, if they worked hard, listened to their coaches, and stuck together as teammates, one day they might be as good a Michigan man as Tommy Slade. And he, Bo Schembechler died the next day. How about that for a story? That's good. You doubt that, Ron, uh, Goosey? Uh, no, but I will say this about the fight song. <laughs> it is, without question, the second best fight song in the state. Oh, yeah. Well, the Lions got a fight song? The Central Michigan got one? <laughs> the Chippewas. <laughs> Love the Chippewas. Hey, uh, Goose, I, I mentioned Tommy Harmon, Desmond Howard, uh, Charles Woodson. I mean, they're the school's three Heisman Trophy winners. But when you think of Michigan's greatest draft picks, and this, of course, is a leading question, we have the draft coming up later this month. Where do you go? Sixth round, 2000 draft, Tom Brady. Hello. No one saw that coming, not even the Michigan coach who spent two years trying to replace him as a starter with Drew Henson. You know, Michigan has a far greater appreciation for Tom Brady now than when he was on campus. Oh, Ron covers the Patriots. Ron, I bet you saw that coming. I did see that coming. I did. I predicted it all the way. As soon as they got the kid, I said, there's the future. Ha! Uh, <laughs> but to avoid charges of homerism, I will in avoid the great tie law and move to what I like best, the great history of the game, 
And to Benny Friedman, the great quarterback who was so talented when he got in the NFL that Tim Mara, who owned the Giants, bought the entire Detroit roster just to get Benny Friedman on his team. Now, they won two Big Ten titles when he was there. He came to New York through 20 touchdown passes in 1929, throwing a watermelon at the throw, I think, with two hands. And ultimately, into the Hall of Fame he went, where Tom Brady may or may not end up himself. Goose, you went to Michigan State, of course. Did you see all four years of Michigan games? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I was there when, for when, Bo when th- first Big Ten loss, as a matter of fact. When you, okay. Uh, when you think of Michigan's greatest games, and I'm going to ask you to think about this, not as a Spartan fan, but as an historian, where are you going? Oh, picking Ohio State. Just about any Ohio State game. You know, they played each other when they were both in the top ten. They played each other when they were both in the top five. They played each other when they were both in the top three. This is one of football's great rivalries. And it was at its apex when Woody Hayes was on one sideline and Bo Schembechler was on the other. I agree, and that's why, I, for me, it's November 22nd, 1960, and that was the first Bo versus Woody game. And uh, Woody Hayes' Ohio State team was undefeated. They were the defending national champions. They'd won 22 games in a row. They had not trailed one minute that entire season. And Schembechler was trying to rebuild the Michigan team and beat Ohio State that day 24-12, to shut them out in the second half. Thus began the 10-year war between Woody and his former assistant. And that was like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Goose, man, if you have one draft pick for Michigan, and, and it can't be Tom Brady. He's off the board, okay? You have one draft pick. Who do you take and why? Crazy Legs Hirsch, Hall of Fame receiver. He started, he started his career at Wisconsin, but when World War II uh, came on, it sent him to the Great Lakes Naval Training Program. He enrolled in Michigan, continued his career there, All-American in both schools, but his diploma says Michigan. Wow. And how many players have a movie about their lives? Not even Tom Brady can say that. He's not yet anyway. Not Crazy yet. legs. Where are you going around with this? How could a guy pick the Benedict Arnold of college football? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to pick Tommy Harmon, but I'm going to pick Charles Woodson uh, because you won't let me pick Ty Law. Charles Woodson, uh, you know, one of the great defensive backs uh, of his era, tremendous college player. How are you going to take an, another guy who would produce more than him? Goose man, crazy legs. Crazy, crazy legs. There glad you mentioned crazy legs. My dad taught him at basic school in Quantico. Hey, that's it on Michigan, but we weren't stopped there. Nope. We have former Michigan star Steve Hutchinson, a 2018 Hall of Fame candidate. He's up next. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to Geico. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to grasshopper.com. Hi, Tom Bodette. According to the dad bod craze, the lumpy, less-than-chiseled look is now totally in. So you could say I'm in the best shape of my life. And so is Motel 6. They've updated their properties nationwide with contemporary everything, still for the same low price you've come to expect. So your wallet can feel a little pleasantly plump, too. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Washing Machine. Hi, it's Washing Machine. It's about, oh, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. So, good news, bad news. First, I found your lost sock. Exciting. Also, I might have maybe flooded the whole basement. It's going to be pretty expensive. But hey, at least you got that sock. Your washing machine won't pay for water damage. Luckily, one call to the GEICO Insurance Agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowner's insurance. 
As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Make and receive business calls using our iPhone and Android apps. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Forward your calls to any phone and even get your voicemails transcribed. Join over 250,000 small businesses who stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Grasshopper. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local toll-free number or bring your own. To see how it works, go to grasshopper.com. Our next guest is one of the most decorated offensive linemen in recent football history, and that would be either the pros or college. Guard Steve Hutchinson was a four-year starter at Michigan, where he's a Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year and two-time All-America, including a unanimous first-team choice his senior year. Then, of course, in the pros, he's a seven-time All-Pro, two-time NFL Alumni Offensive Lineman of the Year, All-Decade choice, member of Seattle's 35th anniversary team, and... Keeps on going. One of the 50 greatest Minnesota Vikings of all time. Now, of course, he's a candidate for the Hall of Fame's class of 2018, and we are delighted to have him here with us. Steve, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, guys. How are we doing? Doing fine. Um, I did address your success at Michigan in that uh, introduction, and we're profiling the University of Michigan in today's draft series. You grew up in Fort Lauderdale, yet you went to the University of Michigan. How in the world did you get away from Florida or FSU? Or the University of Miami? Yeah, it, it's funny. That's probably the you know the number one question I get growing up in Florida, like you said. Um, yeah, I don't know. My, I think my, my dad was originally from uh, from um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. You know, I, I just always kind of you know growing up in Florida, you know, Wolverines were always on national TV. I guess I was drawn to those helmets at an early age. But I got to admit, I was a Florida State fan growing up. And when it came time, you know, junior, senior year, high school, and the recruiting was heavy. I, I did consider Florida State. Did go on some uh, unofficial visits to, to Gainesville. Really wasn't a Miami fan, but when when Michigan opportunity came to go to Michigan and, and get a uh, scholarship or a scholarship offer, I I jumped on it. But uh, I I was I did win my senior high school. I did win an award uh, in Fort Lauderdale. It was kind of a sort of a high school MVP of, of Broward County, Fort Lauderdale area, and that it just so happened that that year Bobby Bowden was the guest speaker at it and. Of course, it was the, the week of I think the week prior to signing, and um, you know, of course, he did the full court press, brought everybody in there, all the coaches, and I had already committed to Michigan, so it was kind of a little bit of a anticlimactic letdown there. But but um, won a national championship out of it, so and, and and everything turned out all right. Steve, you went to Michigan as defensive lineman. They moved you to guard when you became the immediate starter. Yeah. Whose idea was that? What did you think of it when they said, we want you to block, not tackle? You know, I played I played both ways uh, in high school, more so at the tackle position. You know, I got redshirted, obviously, my, my freshman year. 
playing on, on most of the, the, the look squad as a freshman on the D-line. And towards the end of the regular season, uh, it became apparent that, you know, our left guard was going to uh, graduate, uh, move on to the NFL. And uh, the word was, was his backup, who was a fourth-year um, a former walk-on, wasn't going to return for his fifth year. He was going to graduate and, and, and go on into the working world. So there was a vacancy there at left guard, and we were really deep on the D-line. And with the bowl practices coming up, it became kind of a mutual thing for me to just try out some individual periods there and see what I thought of it. Well, it just was, I think, a natural fit, a um, little obvious for, for me and the coaching staff. So then once the uh, bowl game came and went, we got back in Ann Arbor and was doing the, the, the winter workout conditioning program. It, it was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty much a mutual feeling that I would go ahead and try the spring at guard and, and you know that 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 never really looked back. I believe you didn't allow a sack your last two years at Michigan, and at that same time you were a two-time team captain. Wondering which of those accolades, for lack of a better word, is more meaningful to you? Well, the, the tradition of Michigan is, is so you know long-standing, and and if you look at the names of the guys throughout the years that were captains at Michigan. That's got to stick out for me to, to, to be to be a two-time captain. One of the biggest accolades you can get as a Michigan player, you know, the All-Americans grades, the, the All-Big Ten, all those things. But to have your peers vote you twice to be captain of the team, that's about as as you know big a accolade as you can get playing at that school. Um, and you know, me and Tom Brady were captains together, and that's something I'll always obviously remember and cherish. And, that's got to be by far the, the, the bigger of the two. We're speaking with former University of Michigan star and now Hall of Fame candidate Steve Hutchinson on the Talk of Fame Network. And you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And Steve, you opened the door on my favorite quarterback, so I'm going to ask you about <laughs> Tom Brady at Michigan. What do you remember of him? And could you ever imagine then what he was about to become? You know, that's I get that question almost as much as I did the high end up in Michigan from, from Florida. And I, I'm telling you guys, if you dig it up, I can't remember when or where, but I, I was asked in an interview on camera a long time ago if about Brady and, you know, where I think he'll, you know, will he make it in the NFL? Obviously, this is before he, he, he became what he is today. And it actually it might have been before or at the time he was getting ready to be drafted or, or his after, you know, during his rookie year. And I said, man, he, this guy is tough. He's a leader. He's a natural leader. He's going to go far. But um, I think he was going to be probably the best quarterback to ever play the game. I don't know if I would, you know, roll roll the dice on that on that deal. But you know, we knew it. We knew it all along at Michigan. I mean, the, the one story I always do tell is, you know, I I, I, I got to brag when I can, especially in the, the last decades or so. But I was three and one against Ohio State. My record while I was there at Michigan. And the one time we did lose, Brady was the quarterback, and we, we played down in Columbus. Uh, we had a horrible first quarter that, that we could never really – we dug a hole that we couldn't get out of. I think we had a punt return for a touchdown by them on us. Uh, there was a pick six maybe or a fumble. I mean, it might have been two special teams uh, touchdowns returned by them. So they were up big early. And, and you got to remember, this is the uh, – I believe this is still the Cooper years where this might have been his one win in, in those 13 attempts. So – so that stadium was rocking, and they, they were not going to let up. They were blitzing more than we could block every down, making us throw the ball. They were going to make us, you know, come back and win with the ball in the air. And they were hitting Brady so hard that he was he was bleeding. And I remember one time we in the maybe third or fourth quarter, we got in the huddle, 
blood running down Tom's face from his nose, or he, I don't know if he, if, if he got hit in the lip or what. And it, it, I mean, just remember staring at him, going, "This guy is—it's is, not even phasing him. He's calling plays. He's out there like we're we're ahead by two scores." And uh, I knew then and there that that this guy's got whatever that hit factor is people talk about. And uh, it it was no surprise to, to me and anybody else in that huddle that he is who he is today. Steve, how heated was the competition between Brady and Drew Henson in 98-99? I mean, Henson was a local kid, the fan favorite, Brady, the outsider yeah. from California. As a player in the huddle, could you sense uh, any tension? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was tension between those guys. I think they both handled it very professionally. You know, Tommy obviously had the big arm. He was the prototypical body quarterback, California kid. But he kind of just flew under the radar, you know, the entire time he was there. He, he was kind of the... You know, the understudy, the dry box, who had started out his career hot. Of course, uh, Greasy stepped in there and, and had, you know, led us to a national championship in 97. And then all of a sudden it looked like it was, you know, the, the stage was set for Brady to, to finish out his last couple years as a starter. And then in comes this freshman kid, like you said, local kid, Brighton High School, uh, first-round draft pick from the Yankees. You know, Mr. Baseball kind of going to be the next Bo Jackson. And, um you, you know, you just kind of had the feeling that he was going to play regardless if he was if he was ready or not. And, and you know, the coaches did a great job of, of, of trying to work them both in. Tom had obviously earned the right. Drew was the young, the young talent who obviously had, had all the tools to play. And they, they did a good job of, of rotating in there. It's, it's hard. You know, I, I haven't ever really been, uh, other than that one year, I never really had a quarterback controversy situation in, in the pros. Um, but but I, I understand the difficulties that arise from that because you know just like when you when you're when you're trying to rotate running backs a lot, split carries between running backs, you know it's a feel. You got to get in a groove. You, you can't you know a lot of times you get in there as a quarterback, you know you got limited reps before they're going to rotate with another guy. You try to force things. You don't you don't let opportunities come naturally. You try to force it. I think that's what happened for both those guys. And you know Tom's experience and, and his leadership and, and just his overall you know, uh, age as, a, as an upperclassman took over there. Of course, Drew was, was banged up a little bit, but Tom took over that, that you know, that year towards the end, and he kind of never looked back and led us to a, a, a huge win in an Orange Bowl against Alabama his senior year. Hey, Steve, we've got to run, but uh, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck with the Hall of Fame candidacy. I'm sure we'll be talking again, and we hope it's real soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. That was Hall of Fame candidate Steve Hutchinson. Up next, it's Borges or Bogus. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Stan White. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to align my chakras around this hot yoga thing. Yep, they finally found a way to make working out even more uncomfortable. Well, at least with Motel 6, you've got one less thing to sweat. They've got clean, comfortable, and now completely updated rooms at a great low price. So the only thing you're stretching is your dollar. Sounds like my kind of place to namaste. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light and the AC on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Yo, everybody get up! Everybody get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. 
Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance? It means you should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. So go. Another place you should go, grasshopper.com. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local toll-free number or bring your own. See how it works? Go to grasshopper.com. We started this program with Tony Romo, so hey, <laughs> why not end it with him? Um, Goose, let's start with this. Here's, here's what I don't understand about this whole thing, uh, and maybe you can enlighten me on it. Um, they're talking about replacing Phil Sims who is on CBS's number one TV crew, number one, and Phil Sims, who's been doing it for a long time, with a guy who has absolutely no broadcast experience. What am I missing here? The magic of the star, the magic of the Cowboys. And when the <laughs> Cowboys are playing on national TV, the nation watches. When it comes to the networks, America's team is literally America's team. Now, CBS owns the less attractive AFC package, so putting Romo on the screen gives CBS a Cowboy presence every week. It's all about attracting eyeballs, and CBS clearly is banking on Romo, attracting them. Well, Goose, I'm sure this comes as no surprise to you. We talk about the magic of the star. Uh, he's going to enter a list of former Dallas quarterbacks who've gone into the broadcasting booth, starting with, of course, Don Meredith, and moving on to Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman. Staubach lasted only one season at CBS, but, boy, Don Meredith, he was great on Monday Night Football. And I'll be honest with you, so is Troy Aikman on Fox. Uh, even Danny White does local radio for the Cowboys. Oh, he does? You know, Meredith, I thought, was the best of the bunch, the most entertaining, and Aikman <laughs> yeah. the most analytical. Uh, but so Romo's got some big footsteps to follow. I, I would expect the first year or two to be quite rocky as he learns how to criticize in addition to analyze. He never liked it when he was criticized. Now the shoe is going to be on the other foot. Well, I agree with you guys. I think Danny Don was the was the best of that. I mean, he had a personality. He was unique, unlike most of these guys droning on about you know, cover threes and cover twos. You know, I mean, neither the game nor broadcasters anymore apparently are allowed to have personalities, but if there was ever a guy who had one in an NFL broadcast, it was Dandy Don Merrith. I mean, and who else could have put up with Howard Cosell with him in the manner in which he did, you know? I mean, he made Howard like an almost lovable guy. Loved Dandy Don. Tony? Not so much. Well, you know, guys, this time of year, a lot of nitwit suggestions are made about how to improve pro football. Almost annually, one of those is some form of tinkering with overtime. Why? Not surprisingly, Atlanta Falcon general manager Thomas Dimitrov half-heartedly suggested at the owners' meetings that each team should get the ball at least once 
thus eliminating the sudden death his team suffered in Super Bowl 51 when the Patriots came from 25 down in the second half to beat them on the first drive of overtime. To me, that idea is frankly bogus. Mitroff said, we would like to have an opportunity. Hey, bro, you hold a 25-point lead and ain't got a 99% chance of winning with barely a quarter to play. Analytically and historically, you had a pretty good chance. If you blow it, it's bogus to suggest you are a victim of anything but self-immolation. Sudden death is still the best form of overtime. If you can't get it done in four quarters, then you've had enough chances. After that, one and done is the opposite of bogus. It's brilliant, as my British friends would say. Now, what's not brilliant, what was not brilliant was a proposal from talking head Mike Florio, Clark's friend, I'm sure, who had an overtime suggestion that was off the nitwit chart. His idea to settle the issue? A two-point conversion battle. Florio's plan, one offensive defense goes to one end of the field, the other offensive defense goes to the other end of the field, and they have two-point conversion attempts at each end three times per team, with either two points or zero points being scored, and the snaps occurring 25 seconds apart to keep things moving. Heck, why not do it simultaneously like a track meet? If the game remains tied after three tries each, they go back and forth until someone wins. Now, here's what Florio claimed, and I quote, It would be exciting, frenetic, compelling, and it would involve as few as six extra snaps, and we've yet to hear a good argument against it. Mike, here's one. It's stupid. (laughs) Not to mention, bogus. He also suggested the officiating crews be split with four referees at one end and four at the other. So we're going to decide a game with half the officials keeping an eye on two-point conversion tries. It's like settling the World Series with a home run derby. Even by this time of year's low standards, that's about as bogus as it gets. Ron, why are you so down on Mike Florio? <laughs> I love Mike Florio because he's full of baloney. I mean, this is a guy who's made a living by taking your work and my work and Clark's work and anybody else who's done any work, <laughs> stitching it together and saying, here you go. Don't really, don't really like it. Well, we're not going to self-immolation, but we are almost out of time. So, Derek, get the clock started. This is the two-minute drill, which is exciting, frenetic, and compelling. <laughs> What's worse, another season of Browns football or four more years of hard knocks? How about a single year of Browns and hard knocks? Three more years of Donald Trump. Now it's indoor football. It doesn't want Greg Hardy. So what's left? European football? Who needs a 6-6 goalkeeper? Indoor carpet. He'll be laying it. What's the hang-up with Adrian Peterson? The money's not going to be there for players' age. It's all about Peterson finding the right situation. The hang-up with a lot of people is the small incident of beating his child. Seems to people, some people are miffed about that. Gunther Cunningham is leaving coaching after 49 years to join a pro football website. Why? My guess is coaching left him. Yeah, my guess is as Daryl Dawkins once said, man got to get paid for what he do. This is all he can get to do. Bruce Allen says the Redskins want a long-term marriage with Kirk Cousins. Do they get it? Yes. If you have an oral moral, you shouldn't give up on him. The only way you get a long-term marriage is you pay for it. If you get a short-term marriage, you pay for that too, but it's not as much fun. Michael Bennett says he can't see Richard Sherman leaving the Seahawks. Can you? We couldn't see Hall of Famer Kenny Easley ever leaving Seattle either. <laughs> sure. The minute they don't want to put their mouth where his uh, their money where his mouth is. Best offseason hire: Sean McVay to the Rams, Vance Joseph to the Denver Broncos, or Rex Ryan to ESPN. Rex Ryan. It's easier to hire an opinion than coaching expertise. Exactly. Rex Ryan is the only one qualified to do what they're asking him to do. Talk. If you're the Patriots, what do you think about Gronk in the ring at WrestleMania 33? I think it's time to start writing wrestling clauses into contracts. I think about it as little as possible. Kind of like Gronk. True or false, teams really are concerned about Colin Kaepernick's commitment and diet. 
All teams are concerned about is inability to win football games. Exactly. If he could throw accurately, they wouldn't be concerned if he was eating Twinkies and a member of the Harry Krishnas. The Boss Baby is A, a movie about the secret war between babies and puppies, B, what friends call Bruce Springsteen's son, or C, Roger Goodell's Facebook password. D, former linebacker Boss Bailey's baby. E, Mark Davis's code name in Oakland, but reversed. I'm starting a Hall of Fame of NFL nicknames. Who's the first entry? Night Train Lane. Boy, did we know that was coming, Clark? No. The Catawba <laughs> Claw, Bucky Pope. <laughs> Tony Romo, Tony Perez, or Tony Bennett? Tony Soprano. <laughs> Tony Bennett. I left my heart in San Francisco, and so did he. We'd like to thank Dan Deardorff, Steve Hutchison, and John Turney for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening to us. If you would like to hear this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or find us on iTunes or on your podcast app. Otherwise, look for us on this station and at this time next week when we profile USC. We'll be here. We hope you will be, too. Another reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. This is Patrick Mahomes, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, Tom Bodette. According to the dad bod craze, the lumpy, less-than-chiseled look is now totally in. So you could say I'm in the best shape of my life. And so is Motel 6. They've updated their properties nationwide with contemporary everything, still for the same low price you've come to expect. So your wallet can feel a little pleasantly plump, too. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Make and receive business calls using our iPhone and Android apps. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Forward your calls to any phone and even get your voicemails transcribed. Join over 250,000 small businesses who stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Progressive presents Mindflowness with Flow. You feel yourself getting lighter with each Progressive discount. Paperless, safe driver, multi-car. Yes, lighter, like a new line of sneakers. Or a slugger on a crash diet the week before spring training. Stay away from the cheesecake. Ascend to a higher plane of insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're like me, you probably rely on your phone to get things done. So I know you'll want to hear about Cabbage's mobile app. Cabbage has created a simple way for business owners to get funding from their phones. Download the mobile app and you can complete the application in minutes and access funds anytime. Cabbage has provided over $2.5 billion in funding to 90,000 small businesses. Download the Cabbage app today or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E.